You want to bet like the Not For The Bay podcast? Go sign up with BetUS Sportsbook, where you can get in the game. Provides multiple sports, online casino, and live betting. Has easy deposits, fast payouts, so sign up today using promo code NFD to receive 125% in bonuses. BetUS. Bet wherever, whenever. Coming up on the Not For The Bay podcast, we will discuss the NFL week five games, very, very upsetting, whether it be my fantasy team, whether it be my parlays, just everything is just jacked up. Like I don't even think there was a week like this so far this season for the NFL. Also, we're going to go ahead and go over the new concussion protocol. It's going to be an action packed show, but you know how we kick things off. Silent L always gets us right with the intro. Ain't no love lost, I'll just move how I move. Jockin' for position, I fight in Nilla too. Oh, I got these niggas rattled, got these bitches so loose. Tell them on the tone while she blow on my flu. I got biggie dreams, give me, give me the loot. Don't put no ceiling on me, I'ma shoot through the roof. Every day I wake up, I'm tryna blow it down. This beat is knockin' weed, hitin' while I move through the town. I discover what it's like to say, fuck it. You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something. Took a little minute, but I like who I'm becoming. Yeah. All right, it is now 11.30. Like I said in the past, like the day I'll be able to move to the West Coast where these games end up being over a little bit earlier is 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 a dream. Um, we just coming off of the the Sunday night football game between the Cincinnati Bengals at the at the Baltimore Ravens, uh, AFC, AFC North rivalry. Um Nothing short but spectacular. Like I gotta say, um, it was definitely a, a lower scoring game than what I thought it was gonna be. Cause I really, I gotta give the Cincinnati Bengals a lot of credit. I really wasn't expecting them to be able to hold the Baltimore Ravens offense to just 19 points, but they was they was able to do that. So I'm gonna have to give them a little bit more credit where credit is due. Um, I was also expecting the Cincinnati Bengals to be able to match up with them where we're looking at maybe what 30 plus points for each team. Um, but it, it didn't end up turning to be that way. Uh, when you look at it, Joe Burrow is the Cincinnati Bengals offensively. I'm still not sold on them. Like even though they got the week, the win last week versus the Dolphins, um, they just, they just, I just feel like there's way too much talent on the Cincinnati Bengals offense where these these receivers are just not going off in these secondaries. Like when we look at tonight's box score, um, Hayden Hurst was the leader receiver tonight with six catches and 53 yards. Jamar Chase was next up with seven catches, 50 yards. And then Tyler Boyd had three catches for 32. And T. Higgins, like I'm, I'm like, like I, he didn't even have a catch. So I'm like, like these receivers are way too talented for them not to get for the Baltimore, excuse me, the Cincinnati Bengals not to get these guys involved and for them to be able to put up at least 24 points a game. But this game came down to the wire. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals ended up having a late touchdown, a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. And it came down to, uh, the two minute warning and the, the Baltimore Ravens ended up going down the field with ease, running the football with the read option with Lamar Jackson. And Justin Tucker ends up nailing a 43-yard field goal. Like, I'm, I'm not a Baltimore Ravens fan, but I'm pretty sure, like, Baltimore Ravens fans are, like, when, when Justin Tucker comes up on the field, they're, like, literally, like, 
expecting him not to miss a field goal. Like that's it just seems like that is just automatic. Like there's no ice in this dude. Like he literally is the legit best kicker that I've probably ever seen in my life outside of probably Adam Vinatieri. Like, he does not miss. Like you, like you don't sweat at all when this man hits the field. Like this man lives for the moment. Really lives for the moment. Uh, but the Cincinnati Bengals fall to two and three, while the Baltimore Ravens end up falling. I mean, excuse me, going up to three and two. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and go over this concussion protocol because I feel like this is going to be like an excellent segue into the Miami Dolphins game. So I want to say it probably was like what maybe forty eight hours ago. Uh, they they tampered with the new concu- with the concussion protocol due to the two a concussion back-to-back concussions in less than a couple of days obviously two weeks ago versus the buffalo bills it looked to be a concussion and he was able to come back into the game and then of course the thursday night game that led up to last week the thursday night game last week uh, with the cincinnati Bengals, he ended up having another concussion it looked like another concussion which well two sundays ago it wasn't one The NFL did their investigation. They sat down and had an interview with Tua. It just turned out to be a serious back injury. And then I'm getting backwards. (laughs) I'm getting it backwards. It was a back injury that Bengals game. I'm getting the two mixed up. But it was a back injury on one of these games. I'm like, I got it all mixed up. But anyway, the new concussion protocol. So the changes to it. If any player is is diagnosed with... Ataxia, which abnormally balanced ability, motor coordination, or dysfunctional speech caused by neurological issues will be prohibited from returning to the game and will receive the follow-up care required by the concussion protocol. And the reason why I said this is the perfect segue was because what happened in the Miami Dolphins game on the first drive? Backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater ends up getting knocked on his head and first thing happened was my man is out for the rest of the game due to concussion protocol. I feel like this had to happen. Like we're going to go ahead and call this the tool rule. Now it's the tool rule. Like this, this put, this put this whole concussion protocol thing under the microscope. Like it doesn't even matter. Like it happened two times today that at the top of my head, like it happened with Chris Olave in the saints game. And like I said, it happened with where, with Teddy Bridgewater, not even a drive in and it, he just ended up going to get off the field, but they're trying to make a statement here. Like we messed up. We're going to try to make it right. So anybody that looks like they may have bounced their head off the turf or they just stumble getting up it like, I'm just going to, I'm just, they're just going to be end up taking them out the game. Just literally taking them out the game because they don't want to take any more risks with this. Like, I feel like at this point, you you ran really you you ran out of chances. You literally ran out of chances. The NFL ran out of chances at this point. Like this is something that is that needs to be taken serious moving forward, uh, in 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 the NFL football period. Like there is no oh I'm good I'm just a little shaken up. No, you bounce your head off the turf. You you seem a little bit wobbly. You're done. You're gonna sit. You're going to sit down. And it's gonna upset a lot of players because look. NFL, well, football players, well, sports players in general, they're very, very competitive. That's what they want to do. Like, they're willing to play through injury. But 
player safety is 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 more important. Like these type of things, concussions, multiple concussions. Uh, don't, I'm not exactly sure how many you can actually have. I'm not a doctor in a career, but those when they start to add up, like it, it can it could be life threatening. So. It's, it's, it's about that time for them to, to get it right. Like I told the story last week, the first time I saw a concussion, I'm like, yo, like this is serious. Like I don't even think I want my kids to play. And I'm kind of happy that I didn't get that deep into playing contact football like that. Like I was, I was, I was ineligible. Well, my freshman year, I, um, I, uh, it was a brand new school. So I didn't get a chance to make it to the meeting for, being being able to play football for a freshman. So then my sophomore year, I didn't play. My junior year, I didn't play because I broke my clavicle playing street football outside. And then finally I got to play my senior year and I got to experience it. But I did, I played a lot of street ball, uh, growing up. Like I remember one in particular was we was, it was a fumble and some dude was wearing Timberland boots and like kicked me upside the head. And yeah, I, to be honest with you, I really think that might have been a concussion. Like, <laughs> like I was like boozy after that. But anyway, like these the concussions are like very, very serious. Like the at this point, you cannot take these lightly. But let's go ahead and get into this Miami Dolphins and, and, and New York Jets game. Um, I want to say, though, like you, it, it's you know what? I'm not even surprised anymore. Like. I took the New York Jets to be the underdog. They were the underdog. I took the New York Jets. And when I posted up that preview video, like you wouldn't believe how many dislikes I had on that video. Like, I want to say it was probably like, what, maybe 50 dislikes for a two minute video. And I want to shout out. Widow 2K, because my man, like, literally left a tweet on my page. And literally, like, at this point, like, what I'm going through, like, it, it literally means a lot because, like, we we, we gained the follower. And it turned out to be a Buffalo Bills fan of all, the, of all the teams to like the Buffalo Bills. No disrespect. But, uh, like, you get more support from a Buffalo Bills fan than you get with from your old fan base. If I keep it, I'm keeping it in a hundred. And, and like, one of the biggest issues that I've had over the years as far as, as far as the Bobby Dolphins fan base is the fact that they don't call a spade a spade. Like, they literally always making excuses. And I kind of like took a step back because of the fact that it kind of gets, it gets personal. With, with the Miami Dolphins fans nowadays. Like back in the day when I was, I really don't even like taking credit for this, but when I began making Dolphins videos where it really wasn't that many content creators out there, like we were like very, very optimistic. It was, it was everybody voiced their opinion and then everybody respected it, their opinion. Now, nowadays it's like everybody got an opinion. And if you're not with that opinion, then it's a problem. And I'm, you know where I'm going with this, with this whole tour situation. Yes, the Miami Dolphins did turn out and lose this game today versus the New York Jets. Tua was not in there as, as the quarterback, but best believe, like, I'm going to give you an example. And I hate having to do this. Like, when 
when when Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick were the quarterback, when quarterbacks for the Dolphins, like no, everybody was making complaints about the quarterback position, and not looking at the offensive line and the lack of uh, the the offensive line in general, and then the running backs were somewhat suspect at the time. But the second Tua ended up getting into the starting lineup, the issue was everybody else but Tua. And that's what I mean by calling the spade a spade. Like, that's literally my biggest pet peeve with the Bobby Dolphins fan base. That's something I just can't get behind. But so, I like, I'm, I'm going to tell you like it is. If the Dolphins suck, the Dolphins suck. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Tua threw a pick. He's the reason why we lost. That's, that's just what it is. It's not no... The Dolphins lose. I have this like the first time I've ever seen this ever in my life where the quarterback, which is the most important position on the field, takes less of the blame than anybody else on the team. And it's the fans. And and like, I don't want to, I don't want to take, exclude myself from it because the Dolphins is my squad, like literally. But I can't be a part of that. Like I'm gonna tell you what it is, one thousand percent. But yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to go ahead and touch bases on that before we get into this preview because of the, me, before we get into this recap because of the fact like damn like why why a Buffalo Bills fan gotta gotta go ahead and give me a comment which I respect one thousand percent. I appreciate you most definitely. Why he gotta do that? But I can't even get it from my own fan base. Where 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 has the Miami Dolphins love gone? Like it's 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 just crazy to me. I can't get behind it. So anyway, let's go ahead and get to this Dolphins game. Like I think we said in the preview, it was going to be a totally different Miami Dolphins defense that we're going to sit down and look at uh, against the New York Jets. Considering the fact that Xavier Howard was day to day at the time, we didn't know if he was going to play. Unfortunately, he didn't play. So we ended up having to deal with a whole bunch of undrafted, two undrafted free agents, and we had Noah and Bignogany contribute a little bit. Um, but the Dolphins couldn't, the Dolphins had a hard time moving the ball. We ended up losing Ty, uh, Teron Armstead early in the game. We already out Austin Jackson. Um, I believe Tyreek Hill, he left, uh, in sometime in later in the game. Um, but those are definitely the issues. We were able to run the ball. Uh, Raheem Mostert had a phenomenal day on the ground, uh, with 18 carries and 113 yards. But when it's all said and done, the turnovers, that's just what it is. Skylar Thompson ended up throwing an interception, and then he had a late fumble uh, towards the end of the game, and the Dolphins had a very, very hard time, like, stopping Brees Hall. Like, he was a he was a problem. Like, Brees Hall, 18 carries, 97 yards, and had two catches for 100, for 100 yards, one in particular in the first half. He had, like, a wheel route that he ran, and he was left wide open. And closest defender in position to – possibly place the blame on is Eric Rowe. So I'm going to, I didn't exactly look at the film yet, but I'm just, I'm just going off of what I seen at that time. So that's like, again, when you don't have your two pro bowl corners out on the field, like we're going to struggle. And a lot of people are complaining about Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator for the dolphins. Like, what do you expect him to do? Like it's been, it was been the same thing since Brian Flores has been in there when, we don't have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. You see a totally different defense. People are going to come out here and say, oh, my goodness, we lost to the Jets because of injury. Like, you can't, we can't, can't sit here and make excuses. We came into this game. Like, we put the best 11 on the field. Got to give the New York Jets their credit. They're not going to be a slouch anymore. The New York Jets are not a slouch. They are, they are a talented team. Like, 
we got to we got to treat them with respect. I believe the this snaps a four game losing streak for the New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins, and it's like a twelve. The, the Jets were on like a twelve game losing streak against all NFC East, AFC East teams. So it's a big win for the New York Jets. Brees Hall is doing his thing. Uh, I will give credit where credit is due to Elijah Vera Tucker playing multiple offensive lineman positions. I am paying attention to stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good win. It was a good win for the New York Jets and the Dolphins are now sitting at three and two at the starting off three and oh, they're currently sitting in second place behind the Buffalo Bills. I feel like the Dolphins is going to continue to free fall at this point, depending on what the status of two is. Like I told you before, I don't think he needs to be playing for the remainder of the season due to the severity of his injury. Um, but we'll see though. We'll, we'll definitely see. Now I wanted to peel this thing back just for a brief moment, because we need to talk about this Thursday night game. Like usually I end up doing something that Thursday night, and I didn't do it uh, because of the fact that I ended up getting week four's recap video out late. So it delayed everything else for the remainder of the week. But let's just go ahead and just talk about this game. Like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, three field goals were kicked in the first half. Like I know a lot of people are complaining about who chooses these Thursday night games. Like, Lily, who chooses these Thursday night games? Because this is probably the biggest snooze fest that we've ever seen in our lives. Like, like literally, like, if I'm I'm going to have to stop laying in my bed when I be watching these Thursday night games because, like, games like that, that, that literally is like snoozeville, puts you to sleep. But you would think, like, when they came out with the schedule, new quarterback, new place, Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos, Matt Ryan with the Indianapolis Colts, two teams. It comes down to that you that that was a quarterback away from being a legit Super Bowl contender. We're expecting something phenomenal, and we were subjected to a twelve to nine final score. Now I'm gonna go ahead and get into the Colts real fast. I just want to say. I, I, it's it's the offensive line for the Colts is a big huge concern. Like I literally like every time Matt Ryan drops back to pass, he's always getting hit. And like I said, the fumbles play into a factor with Matt Ryan. I believe when last time I checked, he had like seven fumbles so far this season. And on the flip side, when we turn around, we look at the Denver Broncos offense. It's Russell Wilson. We talked about it before the game. I don't think Russell feels comf comfortable sitting under center, dropping back, doing these four to five step drops, three to five step drops. Don't think he's comfortable. Showed on the goal line where Russell, I mean, excuse me, where Richard Sherman made a point, should have ran the ball, should have ran the ball. I don't even think he's going to ever let that down. Which who who wouldn't let that down? Like literally, using the Super Bowl, you could have just handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. You would think you would learn your lesson by now, Russell. But, yeah, he ended up missing K.J. Hamler for a while up a touchdown pass, and it was a slant route, if I'm not mistaken. And he took responsibility for it, but those are the things, like, it's been going on so far every game this year where he hasn't been comfortable. I believe there was a report out there that he's dealing with an injury, uh, and that's why it's preventing him from properly reading the defense. 
Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, he just needs to go back to that, that schoolyard bullshit type of offense where he's sitting back in the shotgun and scrambling around and doing all this extra shit, spinning off defenders. And then, like, when the play is broken, ends up hitting a wide open receiver. I don't see how you can do offense on a consistent basis like that, but it seemed to have been getting it done, uh, in in Seattle, so I I, I don't know I, at this point I I don't know what to do with Russell, like it, you literally you literally led the horse to the water like he just got to drink it like just drive the car and and you think about it like you should have kept Drew Lock <laughs> yeah for the for the Denver Broncos you should have kept Drew Lock or if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Sorry to say, it's looking like you should have kept Carson Wentz. But anyway, I just had to go ahead and get that off my chest real quick because, like, that was just eating at me. Like, he was legitimately eating at me. Let's go ahead and go to this international game where it's the New York Giants and the and the Green Bay Packers. Final score was 27-22. When I sit down and make my bets, right, I, uh, I, I only spend $20. Call me cheap if you want. I spend $20. $5 go to the 1 o'clock games. I do one big parlay. Another $5 goes to the 4 o'clock games. And then another 5 goes to the primetime games. And then the last $20, the last $5, 555 So for the last $5, it goes to the sure thing bets. Which, what I mean by sure thing bets is all the games that literally look like a sure thing. Like, it's almost impossible for this to happen. And the Green Bay Packers was literally one of those games that was supposed to be a clear walk away. Boy, was I wrong. The second, the second, I'm like, all right, it looked like the Green Bay Packers got this in the bag. It's 10-3 at the end of the first quarter. Then the, the New York Giants, they tied the ball game up in the second quarter. Then the New York Giants scored three points. Then the, then the New York Giants scored another 14 in the fourth quarter, and the Green Bay Packers ain't answer. Well, one thing I will say, because I'm going to be I'm going be I'm going to be regretting a lot of things that I did say the last couple of weeks, was the New York Giants defense is actually looking either looking pretty legit. Or the Green Bay Packers offense is not that good. And I feel like the Green Bay Packers got away from running with the ball. Like 13 carries for 63 yards for Aaron Jones. Six carries for 34 yards for A.J. Dillon. Like we got to get this ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand at this point. I was watching a reel. I was watching a reel earlier today. Excuse me. And... It was uh, it was last week's game against the New England Patriots, uh, and he motioned one of the tight ends over. No, the one of the tight ends motioned over, and then Aaron Rodgers, you could hear him on the mic. He said, "Get the fuck back over there, <laughs> back over to the side." He was on, and like you just gotta be thinking, like it's just a whole bunch of new faces out there. Like Alan Lazard clearly's been there for a while, but oh, and Randall Cobb, he just made his return back. But at this point, we. We counting the days for Randall Cobb. He's a little seasoned at this point. So you're just sitting with what Christian Watson and, and, and Romeo Dobbs and Mercedes Lewis, the tight end. He's not really a receiving tight end. I wouldn't, you know, 
turn and turnover in the bed for him. And then of course, Robert Tanya, he's coming off of a knee injury, but these guys are like, these, these guys are legitimately having issues separating. And, and, and I feel for Aaron Rodgers because of the fact like he can't, he can't make anything happen. That's why we talked about this for two weeks in a row. Now they got to run the ball. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are on the field almost every single play. And we're to run a lot of two, two back split sets. It's, it's, they gotta, they gotta get it done. They gotta get it done on the ground. Like that's, I just feel like that's just how they're gonna win football games moving forward. And, but on the flip side, when I look at Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, they shocked the hell out of me. Like Daniel Jones, to especially like 21, 21 for 27 for 217, like he was actually throwing the ball today. And I was like, this, this is impossible. Like they was having issues moving the ball. Saquon Barkley was their bread and butter. But if they can, if they can somehow keep on running the ball with Saquon Barkley, have him do his thing and set up the play action, they can win some games. They can literally win some games. And I was expecting the, the Green Bay Packers to come out and be able to exploit Evan Neal a little bit. Uh, the offensive tackle because he's been struggling for so long, so so much this year, but they was only this they was only able to sack the New York Giants one time. Like it, the pressure was not there, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. Like that was one of my sure bets that like literally bothers me. Like Aaron Jones was is one of my fantasy players on my team that bothers me. Like, I just cannot, like, it's just a bad year for fantasy for running backs. Like, I can never get a 20, a 20 point game by any of my running backs. And I have some of the top running backs. I literally have some of the top running backs and I can't, and I can't get what I need to get. Next game, which I feel like we don't even need to, we don't even need to, uh, elaborate on this game. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills, the, Buffalo Bills murdered the Steelers 38 to three. And I feel like we don't need to elaborate it because the score tells the whole story. I know Kenny Pickett ended up making his first start this week. I felt like it shouldn't have been his first start considering the fact that it was a juggernaut of a team of the Buffalo Bills and the offensive line issues, your inability to run the football. Like these are big, huge concerns for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now we're going to, they was talking about this is the biggest loss since like 1983 or something. Like this is, it can't get no worse for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it comes back down to what the head coach, Mike Tomlin, what are you going to do? How are you going to turn this thing around? And one of the big, one of the answers that he had, we're going to go ahead and make some personnel changes as far as the coaching. Okay, you can go ahead and do that all you want. But at the end of the day, hey, this is your ship. Correct it. You, you, you like, I get it. All you have never had a losing season, but you're free falling right now where you're going to be getting one of your first ones. Next week, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How are you going to get yourself out of that one? But I'm going to keep on riding this train. I'm not a believer in Mike Tomlin. I never was. He inherited a very, very good team, a Super Bowl winning team in the Pittsburgh Steelers back in 2006. You came out and you won your first Super Bowl with a Bill Cowher team. You have been somewhat mediocre defensively over the years. Without T.J. Watt, you're not a good football team. 
You knew offensive line was the issue and it hasn't been addressed. Really, the only one thing that has been consistent for the Pittsburgh Steelers over the years has been the receivers. Like they've always been able to produce some wonderful receivers. But outside of that, like Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, I'm sorry. Like I'm going to keep on riding this because I feel like the franchise quarterback is key. Like I'm like I'm I'm starting to give Ben Roethlisberger a lot more credit for this franchise than I'm probably supposed to, but it shows. It shows like the leadership is not there. Like the Buffalo Bills went the fuck off. Twenty for thirty-one, four hundred and twenty-four passing yards and four touchdowns. Josh Allen had he had two hundred and eighty at halftime. Like, they murdered the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers, if this comes off a little bit harsh, but they murdered you. <laughs> they murdered you. <laughs> like, gave Davis three catches, 171 yards. Stephon Diggs, eight catches, 102 yards. Khalil Shakir, three catches for 75 yards. Mm. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm legitimately sorry. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers end up taking the, gu- the dub against the Cleveland Browns. I will say in this, I will say um, with this game, uh, this game, I feel like the head coach um, for the Los Angeles Chargers, he legitimately, I felt like he was trying to sell this game literally try to sell this game. And I say that because there was a point in the fourth quarter, the two minute warning, uh, they ran a running play to the left to Austin Eckler and they didn't get the first down. So that made it fourth down and one. So they decided to go for it with one minute and 14 seconds left where they were clearly in somewhat a field goal range and they did not complete the pass, which put, the Cleveland Browns in a wonderful situation to possibly excuse me, put them in wonderful field position to possibly kick the field goal. So that put them, that put the Jacoby Brissett and the Cleveland Browns at the 45 yard line with a minute and 10 seconds left. And Jacoby Brissett threw a pass to Amari Cooper. If I'm not mistaken, it was a pickup of 10 and then uh, what happened? What happened? What happened? Okay. So then it ended up coming down to, they ran the ball to get themselves a little bit further in field goal range. And then they didn't get anything. And then of course it came down to them kicking a, it was a 54 yard field goal and it was no good, which I, but again, Brandon Staley, that's the head coach's name. Brandon Staley, like you had a big, huge break in this game where you 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 had a questionable call where either you was going to kick the field goal or pin the Cleveland Browns back, but you decided to go for it on fourth and one where if you didn't get it, you would put the Cleveland Browns in wonderful field position for them to go ahead and kick the go-ahead field goal to win the game. Talk about lucky. Talk about lucky. Oh boy. Uh where we want to go to next. What was another good game? Another almost guaranteed. Like I know 
Hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the and the and the Chicago in the in the in the Houston Texans. That was another game. That was a big, huge disappointment. I'm thinking the Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna go off. Like I'm, they they were one of my teams where I was like, you know what? They're gonna cut. They're gonna come out this year, and they're gonna have a good record. Like I've, they're gonna surprise some people. They're gonna do some things with Trevor Lawrence. With, with Doug Peterson coming in as the new head coach, he's going to put Trevor Lawrence in, in the right situations for him to win. We got two good running backs in Travis Etienne and James Robinson. Like the receiving core is pretty straight. Like the defense, we're working on the defense, but that front, that front seven is legit. Like I'm thinking that's what we're going to get at the Jaguars, but that didn't end up being the case. Like they cannot move the ball. Like it was, it was just, it was just horrific. Uh, this game and the, and the, and the, and the Houston Texans ended up coming away with this dub 13 to six. But I want to, I want to give credit where credit is due. And I became a big fan. Damian Pierce is that dude. Like literally that dude, like when it came down to that fourth quarter and they, he want, he, he wanted it. Like he literally wanted that dub. That's how bad he wanted it. And you could, you could tell that there was this one particular play where he broke like seven to eight tackles. I was like, yo, this is about to be the second cover to that one play with, uh, uh, with Marshawn Litz back in the day in that, in that playoff game versus the Seahawks with the Seahawks and the Saints. And he was breaking all them tackles and everybody was, uh, Everybody was trying to uh, try to do some commentary on, like, get off me and all this other stuff. But that's what Davey appears is looking like. That joke is looking like that Davey appears is going to be a nice back. That dude going to be a very nice back in the, in, in the near future. Like, just continue to do your thing, Davey appears, because I'm watching you. I'm literally watching you. So next up, we got the Chicago Bears at the at the Minnesota Vikings. Final score ended up being the Chicago Bears 22 and Minnesota Vikings 29. This game, I literally thought, considering how the, the the Chicago Bears have been playing so far this season, they are unable to move the ball. But today, they show some sides of life. Justin Fields was 15 for 21 for 208 in a touchdown. And I had Darnell Mooney on my fantasy team. And I had to cut him because he was literally taking up too much space on my roster. He had to get cut. Last week, he had like two catches for 90-something yards. This week, he had two catches for 52. But he had a nice one-hander. Like, that mug was nice. Like, that's almost like on the level of that Brandon Lloyd catch back in the day with the 49ers. Like, I know probably the, the at the top of the list – it's probably that Odell Beckham catch because it was on Sunday Night Football against the Giants. It was a pass interference against the, the Cowboys. It was a pass interference call on a defensive back for the Cowboys. He's reaching back, getting the jump. Like, but that Darnell Mooney jump, like, for real, like, it that jump was nice. That jump was nice. And I, I, and I, and I don't like to compare it to, I like it, I don't, I like it to, I don't like it to compare it to that one because I felt like that. That Brandon Lloyd one was 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 on was a little bit more equivalent to it, but at the at the time at right now it's still it's still the Odell Beckham catch that still takes the cake for me. Like that was the best catch that I've ever seen, one of the best catches I've ever seen. But yeah, today, oh yeah, back to the fantasy real quick. Ah. <sighs> I have Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery on my team, right? 
And they said they've had David Montgomery is questionable for the whole week. And I'm thinking they're going to ease him back in. They're going to eat. They're going to spoon feed him. They're going to, you know, he's going to spell Khalil Herbert a little bit. And then we go, it's going to be majority Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert had four carries for 11 yards while David Montgomery had his 12 and only 20. And I'm like, yo, like, are you serious? I left Khalil Herbert on the bench and David, I left David Montgomery on the bench and I had, I was playing Khalil Herbert. And like literally, it like, like man, I just I'm just so done with fantasy, and I'm so done with gambling right now because like it's not, it's just been not been a good, it's just not been a good NFL season for me when it comes down to those two things. Like I am failing miserably, failing. I'm on a three game losing streak on my fantasy team. I have a very very embarrassing point point uh point score that i had this week i have like 50 point score where the guy i'm playing right now dropped 160 like it's 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 awful right now but they yeah the minnesota vikings end up coming coming on with the final score of 29 to 22 uh taking it over their nfc north rival the chicago bears now next game is the detroit lions at the new england patriots another game like I I know the Lions were the, were the underdog in this game. I took the Lions. I was a fool to take the Lions, especially when the New England Patriots were at home. But I felt like the matchup was good. Like you got Ahmed Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, T.J. Hawkinson coming in. Like I would, I felt like they would have been able to take advantage of this secondary of the New England Patriots, but that didn't end up to being the case. It was a, they held to a big old goose egg and they was managing the game well with Bailey Zapp. Like you like I saw I totally saw a totally different guy this week than it was the last week. Like he wasn't asked to do too much. Just don't screw the game up. And we relied heavily on Ramondre Stevenson with twenty five carries and hundred and sixty one yards, averaging six point four yards a carry. So it they're they're riding out running the game hard and then we're not asking Bailey Zapp to do too much. Um, very, very impressive win for the for the New England Patriots, considering how they came off of a game last week where they lost in overtime. Uh, but my possible my game of the, my game of the day, my game of the day was the Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints. Final score was 32-39 New Orleans Saints. Like this game was that was the best game today. Honestly, like it was it was a back and forth thing. Like, I will say the New Orleans Saints, they came out clicking uh, in the first half, scoring 17 points. Like, the biggest, the biggest knock on them so far is, like, we're missing, we're missing, we're missing Sean Payton. The offense creativity is not there anymore. Like, we're missing Sean Payton. We can't move the ball. Like, that, that's, that's what it felt like was missing. And this game, this game, they was able to find a spark with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill had three touchdowns. He ended up having three rushing and threw for one. Rushed for nine for nine carries and 112 yards. Like he legitimately did his thing. Alvin Kamar came back. He had 100 yards rushing. Um, but I want to look at the Seahawks real quick. I literally want to look at the Seahawks because Geno Smith, like that dude, was balling today. Like we talking about, he was dropping dimes. Like literally, there was two, there was two touchdown throws he threw to Tyler Lockett, which is beautiful, just beautiful. Just dropped that jump right there in his chest. Like 
like Gino, like you legitimately looking like that first round pick out of West Virginia right now. Like he was literally dropping them Jones looking beautiful. And when you sit back and you and and and, and adds insult to injury, when you turn around, you look at the Denver Broncos and you see what you get out of Russell Wilson over there, and then you look at what Gino doing over here, you like, whoa, what the fuck? What's going on here? <laughs> but Gino, he doing his thing. Sixteen for twenty five, what two hundred and sixty eight yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. But again, this is this was the game of the week. It legitimately was the game of the week where I'm like. This this was a good game. This literally was a good game by the two. Like I, even though they lost, it was a it was a it was a wonderful game. Um, another rivalry game with the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not even going to get. I don't even want to talk about this game because this game was way closer than I thought it was supposed to be. Um, uh, on on the on the on the Atlanta Falcons side of the ball offensive side of the ball i'm looking at these guys they're like you didn't have kyle pitts your legitimate threat was only drake london like and it's just like the new england Patriots. excuse me the tampa bay buccaneers just just struggled like they literally just struggled i know i know tom brady is struggling with that with that with that arm injury but they literally just struggled, and I don't, I'm having a hard time understanding like what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, like is there something? We, well, obviously there is something going on, but um, I could only hope for the best. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at the Washington Commanders. The final score ended up being 21-17. Um, I feel like with this game, again, it comes down to what what's going on in Washington, like. Just their inability to have time to throw the football with Carson Wentz, even though um, the receivers had De'Ami Brown had a good game today with two catches, 105 yards. I just felt like if the Washington Commanders want to be contenders this 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 year, they got to do something with that offensive line quick because it is looking like it's going to come down to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys fighting for that fighting that for that particular spot like another dominant performance for the san francisco 49ers versus the carolina panthers like i really can't even say anything about that game like i, I already knew the like it, it was it was lopsided the niners are, are literally a, a, one of the other best one of the best teams of the league especially that defense like their front four is relentless uh the philadelphia eagles at the arizona cardinals now let's go ahead and get into this one because the fourth quarter. Let's go ahead and skip to the fourth quarter, shall we? Where we ended up having coming down to the final drive of the game. Final drive of the game for the Arizona Cardinals where it came down to a scramble. A scramble by by Kyler Murray, which was second down and 10 at the Philadelphia Eagles 34-yard line with 30 seconds left. And Kyler Murray scrambled for nine yards and it ended up he didn't get the first down. Now, Kyler Murray, that which that was second down. The the, the the scramble play was the second down. And then Kyler Murray on third down spiked the ball with a third and on a third and one, which would have made it a fourth, a fourth and one after the spike, and it came down to kicking a field goal, and unfortunately the Arizona Cardinals didn't 
went uh, make the field goal and they didn't win the game. So they lost a final score of twenty to seventeen. Like I said, the Arizona Cardinals are just not very good offensively. Their offense is 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 vanilla at best. Like they don't like I feel like the receivers they're not what we what we think they are. Like Hollywood Brown is a number two at best. AJ Brown is literally let me see me, AJ AJ Green is not the AJ Green of Cincinnati. Like he's like a number four, number five receiver at this point. Like he's just not the same AJ. You got Rondell Moore, which I feel like he's too small. Um and 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 Kyler, he's just struggling. Like he literally is just struggling. And there, hopefully, when Holly with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, it'll look a whole lot better. But it's just not looking good for the Arizona Cardinals. Another win for the Philadelphia Eagles, which keeps them undefeated, the only undefeated football team in the NFL right now. And Arizona Cardinals fall to a two and three record. Who we got up next? Okay, so the Dallas Cowboys at the at the at the L.A. Rams. I had to toot my hat to the to the Dallas Cowboys. Like that that defense for the Cowboys is legit. It's literally legit, and it's keeping and it's keeping these these Dallas Cowboys in the game. Like literally, it's keeping the Dallas Cowboys in the game, and the Dallas Cowboys offense literally just had to play complimentary football, just run the ball. Just run the ball and let the defense put you in situations and force a turnover, and you'll be able to take it to the promised land. Like Tony Pollard had eight carries for 86 yards and a touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott had 22 carries for 78 yards. And Cooper Rush, like I said, just managed the game. 10, 10 for 16 for 102 yards. Didn't really need to do much because that defense was just relentless on that on that LA Rams on that LA Rams offense. Like and if on the flip side, looking at the LA Rams, like their inability to play defense on the offensive side, offensive line issues. Like they're restri- they're missing Andrew Whitworth badly. Like the offense is just totally it's totally different. It's it's literally totally different. Like Allen Robinson, like they don't have a guy that can that can that can stretch the field the way Odell Beckham Jr. was stretching the field. Like uh Tutu Atwell had a nice deep uh deep catch this this game. Fifty four yards if I'm not mistaken. But they need to find a guy that can stretch the field and for them to be able to set up the play action. But they just don't have that guy. Like Cooper Cup, he's you know, it's Cooper Cup. He's that guy, but he ain't he ain't burning nobody. So Excuse me. So yeah, the, the the Rams they they are having some serious issues, serious issues. Um, but you gotta toot your hat to the Dallas Cowboys because I was not expecting them to come away with this W. Uh, so what's tomorrow? We got the Monday night game. So the Monday night game tomorrow is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I turned around and I took the Chiefs right. I don't have I don't have the spreads in front of me, but I went ahead and took the Chiefs. But uh, but uh, t- the next the next pod we're gonna have is going to be on what's that Tuesday into Wednesday. So you're gonna catch it on Wednesday morning. But again, be sure to go ahead and follow our social media pages. Uh, the Not for the Bay podcast. I'm up out of here, man. You can look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no fucking guess, man. Feel like Kyrie, ain't no puppets. 
about the heavens, need an angel just for studying. Yeah, you know it's always a vibe when some real ones collide. Gotta keep some people around who know how to survive. Hustling like a nigga just arrived. Around the clock, a nigga loses sense of time. I done been through some shit. Yeah, I've been through some shit, but I can do it for what it's worth. Can't show no love, but the respect gon' come first. Can't pay no mind. Look me in my eyes and you know I'm up to something. Ain't no love lost, I just move how I move.